And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to this very special Christmas episode. Again, uh, we try to do this every year. I think I've done it just about every year, and certainly several years in a row. And uh, I'm glad that I'm able to join you all again, and that you're letting me into your homes during this holiday season for a little bit of Power Rangers Christmas special coverage. Uh, these are, we are, we've been doing this a while. We, we've moved into an era of Power Rangers that I know very little about, but uh, I'm here and you're here and I'm game and it's the holiday season and I am very much looking forward to, uh, to taking a look at this and covering uh, this episode. And what episode is it? We are taking a look at the Christmas special from Power Rangers Dino Charge, which aired uh, in 2015, and then uh, Super Dino Charge was the uh, this uh, aired in 2016. And the name of the episode is Race to Rescue Christmas. Uh, now, this originally aired December 5th, 2015, in the United States. It was written by Judd Lynn and Mark Litton, and directed by Charlie Haskell. It is the 22nd episode of Dino Charge. And our synopsis today comes from PowerRangers.fandom.com. And uh, goes a little something like this. Santa Claus is hosting children in an outdoor gazebo when Poissandra and Curio push their way through the line. Poissandra takes a seat on Santa's lap and reveals her rather long Christmas list to St. Nick. Santa has one of his elves check his computer, which shows some clips of Poissandra being evil and declares her naughty. Incensed at the news that she won't be getting any presents, she calls in Wrench and some Vivix to steal the computer. At the cafe, the Rangers and Kendall have just finished a Christmas Eve dinner when Chase arrives. Kendall tells Chase that his flight is soon, but Chase wanted to give the Rangers their presents. But before they can open them, their dino comms ring. The Rangers answer to receive an emergency call from Santa, alerting them to the stolen naughty nice computer. Without it, Santa says, he cannot determine which kids are naughty and nice, 
so Christmas would be canceled. The Rangers run to start the search with Chase nervous that he could miss his flight. At Chase's home in New Zealand, the news breaks on TV that Santa's computer has been stolen and Christmas could be canceled. Chase's sister Chloe tells her mother that she's not worried about presents because she's getting the only thing she wants, her brother, to come home and visit. Wrench and Poissandra take the computer to a nearby train yard where Wrench is told he's naughty as well. Poissandra hits on the idea of watching the clips of the Rangers to determine if they're naughty or nice and get a clue to the location of their secret base. Meanwhile, the Rangers are hunting them down, with Coda leading with his ability to smell things in the air before he happens to just see Curio standing guard. The villains nearly see the base's entrance, but the Rangers arrive and the villains are forced to retreat. The Rangers chase the villains outside where they leave a single spike ball to face the Rangers. Tyler destroys it with the Dino Blade Blaster Final Strike. Santa Sledge, this is the big bad Sledge wearing a Santa hat, fires the Magna Beam, and uh, making the spike ball grow giant, and the Rangers summon their Zords. At first they used a Dino Charge Megazord Triankilo formation, but then return to Tristego formation as Ivan requests the Ankylo Zord, forming Terra Charge Megazord Ankylo formation for the first time. Ivan uses the Hammer Punch, and the Dino Charge Megazord uses Stego Sword Final Slash to finish the Spike Ball. However, it is too late for Chase to make his flight home. In New Zealand, Chase's mom informs Chloe of this with a frustrated Chloe, knowing Chase's common excuse that, quote, he has to work. In the Dino Lab, Chase is devastated that he cannot make it home for Christmas like he promised. However, Santa slides down into the lab, thanking the Rangers for saving Christmas. He also informs Chase that New Zealand is his last stop and asks if he wants a ride. Chase joyously accepts, and as the two leave, Tyler realizes they never open Chase's gifts. They do so, and they realize that they are pieces of a photo puzzle, forming a picture of the whole team that says Merry Christmas. In New Zealand, Chase enters his home and hugs a delighted Chloe. He thanks Santa as he sees a sleigh fly past the moon out the window. Oh boy, this this was an odd one for me because, as I said, um, this I I don't have any real background with this, so I did not watch Kyoruga, which is the Super Sentai show that Dino Charge was uh, based off of. Nor did I watch Dino Charge. As such, I didn't know the characters, I didn't know the context, and I didn't know the clips. So all these clips were brand new to me. I mean, I, I had done... It was kind of similar to, to last year when we did the, the Robo Knight episode from Megaforce. I never really watched... I never watched Megaforce. I think I watched the first episode. Whereas, at least with Samurai, I had seen some Samurai enough to know kind of who the people were. Here, I'm just kind of um, kind of flying blind. That said, there were several parts of this that I, I did enjoy that I want to point out. At the Christmas Eve dinner... Coda snarfs down a turkey drumstick. He says, anyone else want leg? And he holds it up, and as it pans away, then it comes back, and he's just holding the bone. So I do know that Coda is kind of like a caveman. I, I knew that from before, and then his clips later on, which I will mention, do confirm that. So he's like a caveman living in modern times. But as a someone who didn't really like turkey drumsticks until I was older, I can totally empathize with Coda wanting to eat the last drumstick. Um, I'm a big turkey fan. I love Thanksgiving for that reason. Always have because I'm a big guy, you know, big, big su supporter of turkey. I always was more of a white meat guy uh, till uh, actually until I started dating my wife. 
And then I started eating more dark meat because that's what was, you know, I got served a drumstick uh, at one Thanksgiving. And then it's like, oh, you want a drumstick, don't you? And I'm like, well, not really, but it's like, I'm not going to refuse, right? And they're like, oh, man, this was good. So now that's my thing. You know, so when people say, well, there's no Thanksgiving season, I say bull because on November the 1st, the day after Halloween, I start looking forward to a turkey drumstick. So do that, that as you will. So I definitely appreciated that uh, Coda apparently has the same affinity. Santa calls the Power Rangers on their comms. Now, I watched this episode with my kids because, frankly, this is a perfect episode to watch with, with children. And the kids asked that how Santa knew the Power Rangers enough to contact them. And I told them, I said, hey, you know, there was a time that uh, that the Power Rangers went to the North Pole to save Santa's workshop from two monsters. Uh, of course, the uh, the first one of these that we did many years back, which was I'm Dreaming of a White Ranger, and so obviously Santa just, uh, you know, kept them on speed dial and kept up with, with the various ranger teams in case something bad ever went down. Uh, they really liked that explanation. And they thought that was neat. Can we, and they immediately asked if they could watch that one. And I said, well, we'll see. Maybe we'll watch that one. Maybe when mom is out of the house, you know, maybe we can watch I'm Dreaming of a White Ranger. Uh, Chase is looking to get home. His home is in New Zealand. I do like that they are owning the fact that the series is shot in New Zealand with primarily New Zealand talent. I thought that was a, a nice touch. I, there is another episode on the DVD that I watched this on called uh, uh, Famous in New Zealand. So obviously New Zealand plays some kind of role here and with the character of Chase being specifically from New Zealand. I, I thought that was a, a nice kind of meta reference. And if you don't know the reference, it's just a place he's from, right? New Zealand is just a, a faraway place to most uh uh, you know, school-age kids watching this show in America. So, Poissandra's plan, the second part of her plan, not the first part of her plan, the first part of her plan is to go to Santa Claus and just bring up a giant Christmas list and get presents. I can applaud the moxie, but I didn't think that was going to work. But the second part of her plan, where she takes the naughty, nice computer and is going to look up the rangers and then use their memories to find the secret base, that's actually halfway decent that's pretty intelligent all told and the almost succeeds uh so when they're watching clips of the various rangers and i said i don't really understand a lot of the clips because i don't have the context but when they're watching the clips you know the first uh the first six don't really say anything but like i said when they get to the red ranger they're about to show them going in like the show the origin of when they first went into and discovered the location of this base and that would have been you know that i mean you have this this device that has access to all this information you know it's it's no different than hacking a computer right so i actually liked poissandra's plan it actually made a fair amount of sense considering what we normally get in the power rangers christmas episodes uh, that the fact that Santa's computer has been stolen is on the news. It's being reported by an anchor on a news show. Uh, this really, really reminds me of uh, the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas when the news is reporting that Santa Claus is an imposter and has been shot down. Uh, they, they, later on, we'll see the same clip that, San, that Santa has been cited. The real Santa has been cited. And that, again, reminds me of the news clips from uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just giving my age with that, with that reference. But that's the first thing. Anytime Santa's on the news like that, that's what it reminds me of. Uh, I talked about Coda. And I talked about the, the, the clips, which are the, the flood, the, the, you know, the, the history, uh, the... the the stock footage clips, you know, when, the, when they're looking in the Naughty Nice computer. One of Coda's flashbacks that we see Poissandra and the rest of the monsters watching is he shoulder blocks a Smilodon. He, he, you know, tackles a saber-toothed tiger. This guy, just from eating 
the turkey drumstick be- immediately became my favorite Dino Charge Power Ranger. Now he's shoulder blocking uh, a Smilodon. It's like, you are absolutely my favorite Dino Charge Ranger to the point that I'm going to go look up and find out more information about this guy because that's just friggin' cool. I'm sorry. Just extremely cool. Uh, the um, outside of the warehouse, the Rangers actually get to fight the Vivix, and I thought this was pretty neat that we got an actual, like, legit, you know, uh, mook fight. Uh, which you don't always get in these. And it's a pretty well put together. Each ranger is given a little spotlight moment and gets to make a little pun or a, a, get a, a, a line, like a spotlight line. So I thought that was nice that each ranger does get a little moment to shine in the Vivix fight. We won't see this with the later combat, but they definitely get to do it here against the Vivix. The Vivix are interesting. Um, it's funny because one of, I forget who it is, calls them Salad Head. And one of my uh, one of my sons said he does look like he has lettuce on his head. So it's like, yeah, okay, the writing obviously hitting the target audience. So that was uh, that was amusing. So after Poisandra and the other monsters retreats, she pushes the spike ball at the rangers, kind of like you deal with them. In fact, I think she actually says that. And they the rangers dispatch the spike ball, who I guess is like a like a a more common mook or like a I guess maybe even a not maybe a henchman instead of a mook. Um, but, um, but she pushes this guy at him and they immediately assemble their, their, their blade, their blade blaster and hit him with the, the big attack. Uh, so that was a little, a little disappointing that we didn't get any ranger versus monster fight. They just immediately killed him. Now I was really, uh, happy that we did get a, a Zord battle. So I'm willing to let that go. We got a Vivix fight and a Zord battle. So we get a cameo from Sledge. And the only reason I know Sledge is because the opening um, the opening credits tell the story of Sledge and all that, so that's how I knew he was the big bad. For some reason, Sledge is wearing a Santa Claus hat. I don't know why. It's funny. It comes out of nowhere, and it's gone a second later. So I'm okay with it. And, and he said, if you can make me laugh, I mean, I'm pretty usually okay with that, but that was just weird. It was it was weird in a funny way, at least. So he fires the ordering the Magna Beam, which I guess is how they make the monsters giant. I, I'm going to go out a limb, and again, I may be showing my age here, but I don't think the Magna Beam is as cool as the Saddle Lasers from In Space. Just saying. The Zord fight itself is quick, but it does give, I think, a pretty reasonable taste of the style of the show. Uh, the way that they use the support mecha. And that whole motif reminds me a little bit of uh, Bokenja, known here in the West as Operation Overdrive, where the whole idea of mixing and matching the different mecha was like the whole basis for the machines on that show. But I do like it. They have the, the base forms, and then they have the support mecha that each, um, some of the later additions to the team can use, and they go to different different base forms. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, the There's a lot of ways to do dinosaur mecha, and they've done a lot over the years. But I do have to say, even back when this was uh, just in uh, was airing as Kyoruga, I did think the mecha were, were in kind of an interesting and colorful approach. There's uh, a certain um, visual aspect to them that makes them kind of stand out. I don't know if it's the way that they're colored or the different sizes of them. And uh, actually, my kids do have the action figure version of the base Dino Charge Mixer. They've got that and I guess the Vivixor, which is all the Vivix together as one big monster. So I'd seen this base Megazord bit just because my kids have, have been playing with it for, for a while, many years now, now that I think about it, probably about five years, my, my sons have had that, that kicking around in their bin along with their Transformers. So he, he's a robot, so he goes in the robot bin, right? Uh, so I, I do like that. And as I said, this does give a pretty interesting or I don't, I don't much, I, a pretty nice little 
uh, taste of the type of Zord fight and what Zords are like on the show. So I did appreciate that. There's a happy ending, of course, with Chase reunited with his little sister. And this is very sweet. And again, I've become something of a romantic in my old age. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I do like this, though. When Chase looks out the window and we see Santa's sleigh fly past the moon, Rudolph is reading the way. Because you can see the red nose on there. So it's like, hey, props. Rudolph making the cut on, uh, on Power Rangers Dino Charge. Very good. And, you know, not much of a story. Um, again, but despite all that, and despite not being familiar with the show, this was a pretty good Christmas episode, all things considered. Having an actual, like, mook fight, like I said, and a Zord fight helps it a lot, because a lot of these are just clip shows, and there's, um, you know, not a whole lot of new original material. I want to say the Super Samurai one had a little bit, but I don't think it had a Zord fight in it. Uh, so that, I think, really does help this a lot. It's nothing to seek out, but it's worth a watch with the kids, or if you're doing a watch-through, you don't have to skip it. I think it, uh, it, it it's worth checking out as just a, a basic clip show that happens to have a, a Christmas theme. Um, you know, again, that that's maybe sound like I'm damning with faint praise, but compared to some of the other ones that we've watched of these, this one I thought was was pretty decent. Now, if you would like to watch Race to Rescue Christmas, it was released on DVD in Volume 5 of Power Rangers Dino Charge on DVD, which was called Hero. Uh, there's this episode and four others. This is, this is the last set of Dino Charge, which is over to Super Dino Charge. It's also available on the Complete Series Collection sets. Uh, also, Dino Charge is available on Netflix, including this episode. I checked this out before I recorded, so it is out there on Netflix if you would prefer to watch it that way. So that is my coverage of Race to Rescue Christmas. I'm not sure what else to, t- to say about that. If you've seen Race to Rescue Christmas, why don't you go ahead and send me an email? I'm curious what people thought about this. If you've seen it, maybe you watched Dino Charge, or you know, maybe you've uh, you did a watch through at the time or whatever. If you have some thoughts, send them in or destructiondirective at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear them. So this is our final episode of the year 2020. And I don't have to say what a year it's been, right, everybody? I mean, it's been uh, just been a crazy year. Um, you know, I, I remember, I really do remember being at a New Year's Eve party. And uh, after the uh, after it rolled over to 2020, my, my good friend Adam Tebow uh, saying that, um, you know, hey, I, I, you know, the funny thing is we need Barbara Walters to say this is 2020. And that was like, oh, okay, it'll just be a, you know, kind of a silly year, just be another year. But it has been... Such a ridiculous year. So many things uh, just just going <laughs> going wrong or just going odd and just strange stuff. I think we're all very happy to put 2020 in the rearview mirror. Uh, so we, we released 12 episodes this year, including this one. We've had a few guest stars. Uh, my brother Jason guest starred a couple of times. Professor Allen, always welcome. Talk about Ultraman. And just recently, of course, we had Nathan March on. Took some time out from the Monster Island Film Vault to join us here to discuss Godzilla vs. Gigan. The main thing, when I think about the year on Earth Destruction Directive, that I remember is with Godzilla vs. Kong continually being moved, it kept forcing me to rearrange the schedule because I had built in a, a series of episodes to do the road to Godzilla vs. Kong where we talk about the Monsterverse films and tie-in material and it just had to move several times because of the continually shuffling release date. Now that we seem to be sold in May 2021 for the uh, HBO Max and theater release of Godzilla vs. Kong, hopefully we can get um, get a little more 
uh, you know, uh, firmed up with the schedule and, and get the, uh, the episodes out in the right order. I had to do something. I said a lot of juggling. Uh, normally I keep a spreadsheet with the, uh, with the episodes and what goes in what order. And the spreadsheet was, uh, I had printed it out cause I had to keep changing it. And I, it was like changing it on the fly is what it seemed like. Uh, I do want to say though, that if the worst thing that one had to deal with in 2020 was a rearranged podcasting schedule, you really can't complain too much. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I would like now to take an opportunity to uh, put a big thank you out there. First off, to all the listeners, because as I've said many times, a podcast is a labor of love, and without the listeners, uh, it's you know that that it's it makes it much harder to do it. Knowing that all of y'all are out there listening really does make me happy and really brings a smile to my to my face. All the feedbackers, I love getting emails, but even the guys that give me the or the guys and girls, I should say, that do the likes and. Uh, and the retweets and the shares on Facebook, all that stuff. I know that you guys are out there and, and talking and, uh, uh, let's talk, you know, talking about the show, listening to the show. I appreciate the feedback really does make me feel happy when I see that stuff come in. Again, any podcaster will tell you that because it is, it is just so wonderful to see that people are enjoying what you're doing. Uh, I'd like to also thank, uh, Two True Freaks who uh, has hosted me all these years. I know it's been kind of a rough year with the website on Two True Freaks. Um, we are told there's a new website coming. I don't, unfortunately, have a lot of insight into that. I would love to tell you, oh, it's going to launch on this date. I just don't, I can't say that because I don't know. Uh, but there is a new website coming. Uh, and I thank everyone for dealing with the website and all the RSS problems that we had to deal with with that. I really do appreciate your patience. And thank you for seeking out the show and, uh, you know, dealing with uh, downloading directly or however you had to do it. And I really do appreciate that. That. And I'd like to also thank all my fellow Daikaiju podcast community. Um, 2020, tail into 2019, into 2020, it's been just this growth in the Daikaiju community, specifically with podcasters and YouTubers and other um, you know original content creators. And there are some really good folks out there in that community. And uh, we are really trying to do our best to support each other. And make sure that everybody, um, you know, has fun in this community. That's really what the point is of this. I've said this many times that the whole point of this is that we're fans of this stuff. We should have fun talking about it rather than, than fighting about it, is my opinion. So really thanks to, to all those folks and some great podcasters out there, uh, that you can, you can check out. Um, you know, like I said, 2021, I've got, uh, there's some big things coming. Uh, as I said, finally, the road to Godzilla vs. Kong will be, will be happening. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, really interested and excited to take a look back at the MonsterVerse. You know, I've, cause all those episodes were guidance. So I didn't really get quite as in depth. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, also, we're going to continue some, uh, some new, excuse me, some more Ultraman. Still covering the original Ultraman. Uh, we've got some new, comics including some indie comics that uh, i've been in touch with the creator of on on twitter that i'm really excited about i'm really excited to, to take a look at these that'll be pretty early on in the year so uh, hopefully um, we'll be hearing about that soon the plan is to have more episodes and more guests uh, really build on what i thought was despite all the all the other issues to be dealt with a successful 2020 and make an even better 2021 uh, of course you know you know they say uh, tell a podcaster is lying 
witness his lips are moving. So hopefully I will be able to uh, deliver on that and uh, I will do my best to put the best content out there for all of y'all to enjoy and listen to. Uh, I do also want to take a moment to say that I hope everyone has a very, uh, very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Hanukkah. Of course, as I'm recording this, Hanukkah's already passed. Uh, Joyce Kwanzaa, whatever um, holiday you celebrate around this time of year, and there are quite a few. So whatever one you celebrate, or whatever ones, you sh- I should say, you celebrate, I hope that they are happy and safe and that you are able to spend some time with family. I know that's tough. Um, you know, where depending on where you live, you may or may not be allowed to travel or to get a gather into groups. So I hope everyone can do that to the best of their ability as long as they stay safe. Again, I normally would, this would be the time where I'd say to have a happy and safe, emphasis on safe, New Year's Eve. But again, I'm not sure really what we're going to be allowed to do on New Year's Eve this year. So you may just be staying in your house. And in which case, be safe in your house. You know, if you're going to set off fireworks, do it safely, I guess. But, um, you know, th- uh, just, just, you know, it, it does a lot of holidays. So please uh, have fun and, and stay safe. And the other thing I would like to say, of course, is um, please think about those in your community who may be hurting, who may be alone, who may be having things a little bit harder than you. Uh, as I said, this year has been very tough on a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people have been personally impacted by the pandemic itself and then personally impacted by the knock-on effects such as uh, the, the you know, restrictions on work, restrictions on travel. And it's been very tough. So think about the people in your community, maybe not in your immediate community, but maybe in your friend circle or you know, in the uh, your, your community, a group or a church or whatever it is you belong to that might need some some support and some cheer this uh, this holiday time because you know there's always people that need help and this year has made it very clear that um, you know sometimes uh, you just got it's it can be tough to reach out and ask for help and sometimes you just need to reach out to help somebody else you know one of my favorite phrases it may be cliched in this internet era that we live in but uh, be kind. Everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. So think about those those folks, and uh, you know if you can help someone, even if it's just uh, get on the phone or get on a Zoom call and say, "Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Just wanted to shoot the breeze." And hey, did you see this new thing that uh, that Mill Creek is releasing for Ultraman or whatever? Just get out there and and help somebody out. You know that's uh, that's 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 what really the season's all about, right? So thank you once again. All of you listeners out there, all you guys and gals who listen to Earth Destruction Directive, this show would not be what it is without your help and support, and I I really do appreciate it. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I've been doing this show. We're going to be coming up on 10 years next year. It's going to be 10 years in 2021 that I've been doing Earth Destruction Directive, and some of, I know some of you listeners have been there from the beginning, and, but every listen, whether you still, whether this is your first episode, or you've been, again, here from the beginning then I, you are a welcome and valued member of our Destruction Directive, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, so thank you again. I just can't say enough. And of course, I do want to say, uh, again, whether you're a, a first-time listener or a long-time listener, please remember, Earth Destruction Directive is for everyone. If you are interested or uh, in, in giant monsters and daikaiju, if that has brought you joy in your life, you are welcome to be part of this show and interact in whatever way that, that you would like to. All are welcome here in our Destruction Directive. So, everybody, that, that's all I've got. This is the last time we're going to talk in uh, in 2020. So we're going to put it in the rear view, move forward, onward and upward. I'm eager for 2021. 
uh, not just because I want to be done with 2020, but I, I'm real excited about some of the stuff that's going to be happening, and I, I really am looking forward to, uh, to what we can do here. Uh, so please come back uh, in 2021. I look forward to your, your patronage and your listenership. Uh, and, and again, I, I really do appreciate everybody. So please come back next year. we got a lot of good stuff lined up. Keep them stomping, and Merry Christmas. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Jackanetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. (laughs) 
Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.